0: Hi, and thanks for joining us today. Now, on today's episode, we are going to be focusing on how to be a good podcast guest. So when starting out, podcast interviews can seem very daunting. I think I remember vaguely my first few podcast episodes or interviews many years ago, and it's scary, I won't lie, but it gets better. That's the good news. But in this episode, we will cover all the do's and don'ts of what it takes to be a great podcast guest. But before we do that, Bridget, I know you recently had a very insightful experience at an event you attended. Would you be able to share some of that with our audience, really?
1: Yeah. So I went to one of our clients' events. It was called TCIRL, which is the Copywriter Club in Real Life. And it's an event hosted for copywriters looking to grow their skill sets. And it's kind of looking at like all the things that you can do outside of becoming a better copywriter to help build up a business. So I was there to give a talk on how to use podcast interviews to grow your business. After I gave my talk, I had a ton of people come up to me and ask me follow-up questions. And it was really interesting for me because Most of the questions were really about this topic of how do I prepare for my podcast interviews, or I want to do podcasts, but I'm really nervous about being a guest. And like you, Sam, it's been a long time since my first podcast interview. In fact, for the listeners, Sam and I were preparing an outline for the show, and he originally put in a question to ask me about preparing for my very first podcast interview. I could not tell you for the life of me when my first podcast interview was or what it was. I can't even remember what my first one was, much less how I felt preparing for it. So it was really useful for me to hear those questions and to remember what it's like to be a beginner. So it was just, I don't know, Sam, it was a a really amazing experience. And hopefully Some of those conversations I can weave into our episode here to hit on all aspects of the experience. Because if you're listening to this, depending on your experience level, you're going to take different things, I think, away from this episode for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think all of these are just good practices to have, regardless of the level you're at. And I want to start off with probably one of the most important points, which is really researching the podcast and the host. Now, if you've been pitching or if you have pitched them, on your behalf or whatever then you've probably done some research already but the reality is is regardless of how you secure this placement you should be doing research on the podcast and the host and the truth is this is one occasion where you can do some internet stalking with zero creepiness or guilt and on top of that podcast hosts are not shy usually anyway about the information they share about themselves online So doing like a deep dive on their LinkedIn, Instagram page, or wherever they have like a presence is usually pretty easy. And I would definitely suggest if you do nothing else, listen to a few episodes or the very least listen to one episode. So you have an understanding of what the structure of the show is like, and really like how they speak to their audience. And ideally you want to listen to an episode or a previous episode or previous episodes, which is similar to your topic. One of the things I do Is I open up the podcast in Spotify and I listen to it usually at double speed. Depends how fast they talk, sometimes 1.8, sometimes 2. And if it's a bit of a slow podcast, then I'll do 2.5. But I know we've spoken about this before, Bridget. I think that like our conversations in the past have really highlighted to me that people have different levels of comfort when it comes to listening at faster speeds.
1: You just broke my brain when you said (laughs) that you listen to podcast episodes at 2.5. So I often will use, um, it's not Spotify. It's a, it's a different app. And you can do this like smart trimming where it will trim out silences. So if there's long pauses in a podcast episode, it will shorten those up for you. And it has very fine tuned controls. So the fastest I can listen to an episode is (laughs) 1.4. I'm very impressed right now, Sam, you have a super, super skill, super power. I think I'm
0: just like quite a naturally a quite anxious person. I find it hard to sleep. I'm always very jittery always have to be going around the house doing something. So I think it naturally appeals to my like jitteriness. I think like Otter can be maybe a better approach for some people. If like you put the podcast into Otter and you're you're able to see it, maybe you watch the words kind of like pace through, it might be easier for s- certain people. But um, that's what works for me anyway.
1: For people listening who might not know, Otter is a transcription service. So it will transcribe in audio for you. And then you can watch the words along with audio. It's actually how we give interview feedback when our clients have podcasts go out, but yes, I am. I'm totally with you. Like listening to at least one episode and maybe a second one after that internally, when we're preparing clients, you want to listen to an episode that's in relationship to the content that you're going to have. So let's say I was going to go to a podcast and give an interview about being a podcast guest, very meta. Um, I would want to look through the Podcaster's feed and see if they've ever given an, an episode about that. So I might want to listen to one about that. And then if they had an episode about the general content of their show or even a really recent one, that could be really helpful too. So if you listen to a guest episode, plus if they have a solo one where it's like what this show is about, it can be a really great guide to kind of get you started in figuring out what kind of episode you want to listen to. Because ideally, what you're trying to pick up on are what that host is looking for in their guests, what kind of content they prefer. So you can do the second step, which is to prepare. So Sam, before I talk about preparation and how to prepare your message points, is there anything else on the research topic that you think we should cover? Or do you want me to talk about the prep?
0: Um, No, I think doing solid research, listening to some episodes, that is usually sufficient. And also one thing that you'll find is that podcast hosts are usually quite interesting. I know this kind of sounds a bit arrogant, maybe considering I am one, but at the same time, like one of the things that we do at, here at Podcast Allies, we have interview prep. So we prep our clients for going on to interviews. And there's a little section where they usually talk about the host. And I have to say, that's always my favorite part. Whenever I'm reviewing these, I'm always really interested in learning a little bit about the host because they always have some kind of interesting story. So it actually can be more entertaining and fun than you might think.
1: Yeah, totally. It's nice to kind of get to know people a little bit before you go to meet with them. It's kind of like when you want to go network at a conference and Mm -hmm. you do research into the folks that you want to meet, right? I think it can really help. And in fact, when people were asking me those questions about being a guest and talking about their anxieties about being a guest, it's actually what I spoke to. I said that doing the research into the podcast, into the host, knowing what they're looking for, what kind of content they do, can give you a lot of comfort so that you can be prepared to go up on the show and know that you're serving the audience. Years and years and years ago, I was a guest instructor on Creative Live. Actually, I was not doing a lot of public speaking at the time. I don't think I'd ever spoken on a stage with a microphone before Creative Live, which is broadcast to thousands and thousands of people live. You have a studio audience in front of you, and then it's also a live broadcast and I was incredibly nervous. And the producer, Brian, gave me an amazing piece of advice at the time, which is that if your nerves are focused on yourself and how you're performing, you are focused on the wrong person. What you really wanna do is be focused on the audience and make sure that you're serving them and creating a transformation for them. And if you can channel your anxiety into thinking about what is it that I really want the audience to take away? So in Creative Live, it was from a whole workshop I was giving, but in a podcast interview, it's like, if you can channel that into thinking, what do I want the audience from this podcast to take away from my episode? That can at least maybe not get rid of the anxiety, but help you channel it in a more productive direction so that everyone is getting what they need out of the podcast. And that's why you do the research, because first you want to seek to understand what it is that the host has cultivated. You want to think about the podcast audience as this community that they've brought together and the community is coming for certain kinds of information. So knowing what that podcast is about, what that host is about, what kind of interviews they usually give can really help you then channel and prepare. And what you want to prepare is to think about what is it that I really want the audience to take away from this episode? What is the key message that I want them to remember? Is there something that I can shift for the audience when they are listening to this episode that will create a mini transformation inside of them and Just to be honest, that's what creates results. So we have clients who've gone on a podcast and said, you know, I've made money off of my podcast interviews. People have hired me. People have joined my courses. And that transformation that you're creating with the audience is what creates the results for you as well. So it's not just about them. It is also a little bit self-serving. So once you've done the research, what you really want to do is prepare ahead of time. Think about what it is that you want the audience to remember, what are one or two points that are really important for you to hit on during that interview. Because what's going to happen in most podcast interviews is the host is going to ask you sort of a starting question. And maybe you've agreed, or you've definitely agreed on a topic ahead of time, but that interview can go into some interesting directions. So you want to make sure you know what that takeaway and that transformation is and have it within yourself or written down ahead of you during the podcast interview, like I like to put a sticky note on my monitor with like, what's the one to two key messages that I want people to take away from my interviews so that I can find opportunities to bring the topic back to what it is that I want to create for the audience. So if you do a little bit of preparation ahead of your interview, you're much more likely to get what you want to get out of it as a guest and make sure that the audience gets what they need as well.
0: I know you've been on a number of podcasts in the past and have given a variety of these takeaways. So I pulled out a takeaway you shared in your interview on being boss. Now, I don't know if this was written down on your sticky note or not, but I think this was a great takeaway for the listener and I wanted to share it here.
1: So when it comes to writing an email, I actually have like a hack that I use for getting it in the right headspace for putting the email together. So what is it? Yeah, it's reading the show notes. So Even more important to me than listening to a bunch of episodes before I pitch, I will read a bunch of show notes. Because what you want to do when you're pitching to someone is ultimately show them, this interview you're going to do with me is going to create a show that fits like flawlessly within your existing content. And what better way to do that than to model the tone, the structure, the format of your pitch actually off of the show notes. And what this also does is it gets you in this headspace of focusing on what the audience is going to take away. And so a lot of pitches focus overly much on social proof, which is important, and your story. I usually only devote like one or two sentences to actually a podcaster's story and background of social proof because guess what? We can link to your about page. <laughs> if they're interested in you, they can go look at more. Ultimately, you want your pitch focused on what the audience is going to get out of it, what you're going to teach or share or a lesson you learned or where you fell and got back up, like whatever it is. And so if you read the show notes, you like absorb how to put that together and then you can mirror that in your pitch. Oh my gosh, Sam, I did not expect you to do that. That's so embarrassing, but I hope it was helpful for people. So what I'll say is that I absolutely had a sticky note (laughs) with what is it that I want people to take away in front of me. I do that for every single interview that I do. And in addition to putting on the message points, I also prepare a story or a case study for each message point ahead of time, which is kind of our next tip for you in preparing for your own podcast interviews. So one thing that we know is that when you share stories, when you do storytelling, it actually makes your ideas more memorable than when you just give advice on its own. So if we were just here talking through to you about how to prepare for your podcast interviews, but we didn't share any actual examples, you would be much less likely to remember that information, to process it, and to act upon it. So it's very important that you share stories when you are giving interviews. The other thing that preparing stories does is that really what you want to do is prepare case studies ahead of time. Because the more specific your storytelling is in sharing what it is that is the person's before and after state. So what is the transformation you created for them? The more likely you are to have the audience put themselves in the shoes of the person that you worked with and gave the transformation to. So what you wanna get in the habit of is saying, for example. So I want you to prepare stories and examples ahead of time of your podcast interviews, for example. And then you would tell a whole story about a time when somebody did that. And these case studies are really really important to the kinds of results that you will have with your interviews. So I will give you an example because I really strongly believe that you should practice what you teach. And because I've given so many podcast interviews, I have a little mental library at this point of different stories that I can pull from but usually I would put these on my sticky note with my messaging. So we had a client that we worked with, Jenny Nash. She's one of the best case studies we have for our business. And Jenny came to us, she's a book coach, right when she was launching a coaching company called Author Accelerator. Jenny was making a shift within herself from being a book coach working one-on-one with clients to somebody who was the CEO of a coaching company who was having different coaches that she trained and worked for her work with those clients. So we helped her get that company off of the ground through some different podcast interviews. And one of the things that we notice when we work with Jenny, because she said, you know, Bridget, a lot of people after hearing my podcast interviews are coming to hire me as their book coach. And they're not going to author accelerator. With that in mind, I listened to her podcast interviews and I said, well, of course they are, Jenny, because when somebody asks you about the power of coaching or for an example of the transformation people can get through coaching, you're talking about your own personal experiences working with clients and shepherding their work into the world. And if you want to promote your coaching company, you need to make a fundamental shift in the kind of storytelling that you're doing when you talk about your business. This isn't just on podcast interviews, right? So when she tells stories now as the CEO of Author Accelerator and in that identity and really firm in what they offer, she talks about the things that her coaches have done So the kinds of transformations that people who come into Author Accelerator have done. And the reason that Jenny is our company's best case study is that when she made this shift, she followed up with me and said, okay, from the interviews that I have come out after making this shift, I can tell you that we made $50,000 of revenue directly from those interviews. And she messages this by asking people who come into Author Accelerator. And she just says, where have you found me? And they named specific podcasts that she was on that we booked her on. So it wasn't just a podcast, but it was something like self-publishing show. So they recalled the names of the podcast, told her company that when they onboarded, and she can directly attribute that revenue to those interviews. And I am convinced that the difference was how she was telling the stories. And instead of talking about work that she did one-on-one with her clients she started replacing those with the stories of the things that her book coaches were doing and how she was running that company and that made all of the difference so you when you're preparing for your podcast interviews one of the most impactful things you can do to make sure that you actually get the kinds of results you want from those interviews whether it's somebody hiring your services buying a product whether it's somebody buying your book Whether it's somebody's just simply taking an action in their own lives, thinking about what are the stories you can tell to show them the impact that the advice you want to give on the podcast can have in their lives, it's one of the most powerful things you can do ahead of time.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that as well. Storytelling itself, psychologically speaking, just plays such a huge role in our perception of everything. In the sense that the the way we see the world, the way we we remember things. It is in storytelling, like our brains are so hardwired to see the world and memorize it through like a storytelling format.
1: Totally, Sam. And like, that's what one of your podcasts is all about, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Our next point, I feel like is going to be a bit of a tone shift, isn't it? (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah, 100%. Uh, Yeah, yeah. This is like a bit of a tangent. And like, as a podcast host, I cannot put into words how important this is for me but invest in a decent mic. Like, please, please invest in a decent mic if you're going to be on a podcast. That Realistically, if you're investing time and energy into going onto podcasts, then you will want to have a decent mic. And it really is quite easy. There should be no excuse for not investing in one if you're planning to make podcasting appearances a priority. And on top of that, I would say, like, make sure you check your mic setup before joining the call. I once had a podcast guest come on and we spent 30 minutes and I could not hear them. I could see them, but they were like spent 30 minutes trying to get their mic working. And in the end, we had to call it off. Yeah, definitely make sure that everything's up and running smoothly before you join the call. And I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but it's something to consider. If you do have technical difficulties, then there's a chance that that might eat into your time that they have reserved for you and the call. Because a lot of time, podcast hosts are busy people and they'll batch interviews. So they'll just have one day where they'll just do like five, six, however many interviews they can have the energy for. And if you do come to the call late or if you have technical issues, then potentially that's gonna eat into your time or in that case, like I mentioned, they're gonna ask you to reschedule. And yeah, definitely it's worth making sure that you have everything set up. Before you jump on the call with the host, And ideally not like right before like the minute before but with some time in advance do a test run with a friend make sure everything is running smoothly and yeah i really cannot stress how important a mic is because the sound quality between like just using the headphones versus a mic is just huge and it means so much to us as podcast hosts when you come prepared and you actually deliver that high quality audio
1: Sam, i cannot tell you because my business podcast ally this business has been remote from the beginning how many people at the beginning of the pandemic I had test run Zoom calls for just because their offices were going remote and they were so, so anxious about everything working. Everything from like helping my my mom. So she's having an architect design, this house that she has it has to be torn down in Michigan for retirement. She might be annoyed that I'm talking about her, but we'll just keep going. <laughs> I did a Zoom test run with her because she didn't know, she never used it before. Um, They used Microsoft Teams at her work. And before that she was an ER nurse. So like wasn't on the computer all the time. So like we just did a Zoom test run just for her conversation with her architects. So, just ask a friend, like people will not mind. And I had never, ever considered the thing you said, Sam, is like, if you're not ready with your mic and your sound set before the interview starts rolling, that you're going to eat into the interview time. That is just never even crossed my mind. I feel like that's where you having hosted other shows and continuing to host. like you bring so much to this conversation because your experience, you've had this breadth of experiences that I wouldn't even think about.
0: Yeah, they're good and bad experiences, but I'm glad that I can bring these experiences to the team for sure.
1: Yeah, and I want to also recommend the microphone that I have. So it's under $100 on that online retailer that we should should or should not mention. It's on Amazon. We'll draw an Amazon <laughs> link into the show notes. Mm-hmm. And the reason I recommend it is because it comes with a little built-in stand. It has a USB connection to your computer. It's very portable. Like I've taken it on airplanes with me before. And it's very, very good at filtering out background noise. People may or may not know this about me listening, but I'm a full-time digital nomad. I live in a little travel trailer. And we are at a place right now where there's like people coming in with trailers and horses because we're camped out very close to a very popular trail of horses. So there's been horse trailers and horses around us as we've been recording. And I'm pretty sure y'all haven't picked up on all that. We'll drop that link in for you. I'm interrupting this episode because I know you're here because you want to leverage podcast interviews. Maybe you're looking to grow your network or bringing new leads, or maybe you've been invited on a podcast and you're looking to get more intentional and proactive with reaching out to podcasts to suggest yourself as a guest. And most likely you're listening because you're looking for some help. Either you want some help with your messaging or just brainstorming the right podcast to reach out to. Well, you're in the right place, my friend. Our podcast planning intensives mean you don't have to do it alone. They're led by senior members of our pitch team who are working with podcasts every single day. And me, which means you get two extra brains working on your podcast outreach and the programming. We'll work with you to identify which podcasts will bring you closer to your goals and write up your own personal pitch scripts for those shows. We'll help you put together a plan to leverage every interview and we'll give you the context you need to book those interviews plus we support you as you start that outreach process sound like a dream come on over to podcastally.com forward slash vip to learn more about our podcast planning intensives and to get the help you're looking for that's podcastally.com forward slash vip where you can find all the info and book an intensive now let's get back to the show
0: once you've got that mic, you've got everything sorted now you kind of need to start focusing on yourself i would say so Bridget, I know that you've been on many podcasts, probably more, pod, you've been on more podcasts than me as a guest, and you've probably had uh, that common question of introducing yourself. Like, how does that usually go? Would you share that for our listeners who perhaps have never been on a podcast before?
1: Yeah, so it's incredibly common for a podcast interview to start with something like, "Well, tell me about yourself, or how did you get into your line of work if it's a business podcast? And those questions can be incredibly open-ended and this is a bigger topic but in addition to thinking about your own message points and what you want to cover it's also useful to think about how you would want to set the tone if you get a question like that in the very beginning right because mm-hmm. the way you answer a question like that can really shift the direction that the podcast host takes you in So for example, if I'm on a podcast and I know that it is all about how to leverage podcasts, when somebody asks me, tell me about yourself, I'm going to talk about my business origin story, right? I'm going to say that I'm Bridget Lyons. I host a podcast matchmaking company called Podcast Ally and kind of give an example of what that means and go into that. So I'm going to have a very specific lens knowing what the podcast is about and what my goals are through how I tell that. But recently I was invited to talk on a podcast about how I run the agency as a digital nomad. And so the way that I introduced myself when somebody said, tell me about yourself, in that context is more along the lines of, I'm Bridget Lyons, I am a full-time digital nomad who runs a podcast booking agency called Podcast Ally. Everyone on our team is fully remote and I run the company while traveling the United States in a travel trailer. So both of those introductions were true. Both of those identities fit, are completely comfortable and natural, but the way that I set up my own story will influence the follow-up question that the host will ask. Because I can guarantee you in personal experience, if I started talking about running the agency in a trailer on the podcast episode that was supposed to be about booking podcasts and using podcasts, the host would want to ask follow-up questions now about what it's like to live nomadically. I have been totally shocked, Sam, by how many people want to ask me like really detailed logistical questions about how we operate in the trailer. Everything from like, how does your toilet work (laughs) to how do you get enough signal to run the business on the road? So if I shared my story through that lens for the interview that was supposed to be a podcast, it would completely derail the interview or like, I just talked to you about Jenny and her example. So when Jenny introduces herself as a book coach, it sets a different tone than when she says, I'm the founder of a book coaching company. So thinking about the lens that you want to frame your story, knowing what message points and stories you want to tell can be very useful. And that's why I want you to think through what's the message, what's the transformation, what are the case studies, and then go to, okay, how can I introduce myself in a way that cues up the rest of the conversation that I want to have?
0: Yeah, definitely. And I also think that one thing that should be considered here is to be somewhat concise. From my experience, it's so interesting having asked this question so many times to so many different people. But one thing which really interests me is how long they speak for on this topic. So you can ask someone like, tell me about yourself, tell me about your background and your company or the company you work for. And they will go into it. But a lot of the time, some people occasionally you will get some people that just rattle on for like 10 minutes. And that is one thing that I would advise against. So you do want to kind of like keep all the important information in there. But then also you want to make sure it's condensed because you don't want to have to have like huge, huge gaps in between like when you ask the first question and then like the second question is comes like 10 or 15 minutes later because they just wrapped up telling their life story.
1: Yes. As a listener, I know exactly what you're talking about and telling that story is an art form. So Sam, if you were going to think about for a guest, would you rather them give less information? I assume so. Cause you can always ask questions, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of your job as the host is to guide the conversation.
0: Yeah. Usually, usually it works out quite smoothly, but I definitely would recommend that because the thing is, is like when they touch upon these points, it's Easier for me to navigate the conversation more or less. Because if they just kind of say like a few things, you don't want to keep it too short. Sometimes people just like wrap it up within seconds and it's just like, wow, I did not expect it to be that short and that condensed or even just like blunt, basically. But definitely if they say something and then they leave more room for like question asking, uh, or you can like probe and see, so, so like tell me about this or tell me about that, it does give me as a host a lot more ability to kind of guide the conversation and it's kind of more shared like the ability to guide the conversation is split between the two of you the guest and the host whereas if someone just does all the talking then they kind of just dominate the interview so yeah definitely i prefer them to keep it more concise and we can like explore further topics there onwards
1: you know that leads really well into one of the other things we want to talk about which is i think when we conceptualize this conversation we're thinking about what do you do before the interview during and then after and The last thing about before the interview that we haven't touched on yet is how you can actually help the host prepare for the interview. Because Sam, I imagine that if you're in that position and the guest has given you some background information about their story and the topics they want to cover, that must make it easier for you to guide that conversation in a productive way than if they haven't followed up with anything at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, Information is so useful in that sense. And one thing I'll say is that realistically, a lot of people don't give further information than be on the pitch. Once they just send the pitch, that's it. And you know what? Usually really? if it's a good pitch, yeah, you'd be surprised. Like a lot of the time we don't get further information. And usually if it's a good pitch, it suffices. But by all means, I would definitely say sending over extra information shows that you really do care and it gives them more resources to build up a stronger kind of uh, interview prep.
1: Yeah. I mean, we always try to send over a bio for the guest and ideally the bio is something where if they don't ask you the question, but if they do an intro for you, that it's one that they can read on air. So I always say like when you're sending your bio to a podcast host in a media kit or just in an email, You want to read it yourself out loud because it's an audio format, right? We've talked about investing in a mic and setting up your sound system. And the other part of that is, is making sure that your bio reads verbally well, that people can hear it and follow it. A lot of times things that we have in writing are just too long of sentences or can have tongue twisters in them that you don't know. And sometimes I've heard some episodes I'm sure you have when you're listening, like you've heard this where the host is obviously reading the bio of the guest and it's just kind of awkward or long or boring, right? So you want it to be really short, really easy to read and trust that the episode will speak to itself. And then another bonus that you can provide are background points. So if you have any blog posts or even like Instagram posts or YouTube or whatever, but ideally something written because it's faster where the host can read more information on the topic that you're going to cover. That can help them do their research and be a better host so that's where it's like this is actually in service of you as a guest getting what you want out of the topic. The easier you make it for the host to ask you the kind of questions that you want to be asked the better that interview is going to make for you. And likewise like if you have a special offer that you want to make at the end of the podcast so whether it's a podcast specific discount, or sending somebody to a landing page or asking them to buy the book. You can tell the host ahead of time, because sometimes if you share that with them in advance, they'll actually kind of promote it for you or ask you leading questions to help you promote it. And it's just amazing when that happens. So honestly, helping the host prepare is like a kindness you're doing for the host, but mostly it's kind of self-serving for yourself. That's why I'm surprised that people don't do it, Sam. Like that's really surprising to me to learn
0: it is actually now that, now that we now that i've said it i'm like oh yeah that is actually surprising i i would also extend that kind of advice and say personally as a podcast host when i come to craft my questions the two things that really help me craft my questions is either an faq's page or a blog page so essentially if i'm interviewing someone and they work for a company there might be an faq's page uh, and then i'll go on there and Sometimes if there's like a really basic question that can be answered on there, I'll admit that on the show and be like, look, listeners, you can go there and you'll find the answer to this. But because it's such an important question, I do want to ask it here. Sometimes I can be lazy and just take the question from there. But a lot of the time I'll see a question there and maybe the the, the answer which they're given on their page doesn't fully cover it. And I want to like dig a little deeper. Um alternatively, the the same could be said for a blog post. Sometimes they might have a blog post and I'll be like, Can you share like what are the take-home messages or the main information from that blog post if people aren't going to go and read it and maybe like, here, you can share it with us. Or like I mentioned, alternatively, I might want to dig a little bit deeper and kind of unearth some information or some facts or just have a conversation around what wasn't mentioned in that blog post. So if you have either of those resources, like you said, I know you mentioned it, Bridget, like a a blog is fantastic. Or if you do have uh, a website with an FAQ section, I'd send that over and be like, oh, by the way, here's some further information on our company.
1: Yeah. And I mean, when we have clients too with books, we'll send a PDF copy of the book to a podcast, or we've had a couple, I think one of the clients you worked with, she sent her copies to the podcast. Yeah.
0: yeah. She would send a copy of her book before even speaking to the host and uh, that worked really well. And I think the host really enjoyed that.
1: I love that. I think we've covered what to do before the interview. You're going to do mm-hmm. your research. You're going to prepare yourself and you're going to prepare the podcast Mm-hmm. there's one thing that you recommend doing right before the interview. You want to put that on? We can transition into like the, what do you do during and after your interview now? But what's the thing like right beforehand that you
0: recommend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds pretty basic, but it's definitely something that you want to get spot on. And that's learning how to pronounce the show host name. Now, personally, as a podcast host, I have people on from all different backgrounds with all different types of names and i get so nervous about this even if i have any kind of doubt whether or not i'm saying it correctly like sometimes it could even be like a name as simple as like well no names come to mind at the moment and then what about the way- my name Bridget- they think yeah. it's
1: Brigitte, how Brigitte. spelled.
0: <laughs> but the first few times when i was like writing your name i used to say to myself Brigitte, <laughs> oh, <laughs> just to spell it correctly <laughs> And I had to always remember (laughs) remind myself. So I'd be like, when I'd be like, hi, Brigitte. There are difficulties in names. Like even just even if it's the same like culture, I do find that I pronounce American names differently. One thing which is actually quite funny is whenever so my my dad's half Venezuelan, half British, but born in the US. And I spend a lot of time there as a kid. And I would always introduce myself, say, Hi, my name's Sam. And they'd always be like, Sam. And I'd be like, no, like Sam. And then then I'd kind of like have to add an American accent slightly to it sometimes. And that can be like the simplest thing My my name is like three letters long and it's a very common name. But even just with the accent difference, I don't necessarily want to mispronounce someone's name, like if they prefer it, however it is, because names are something that which are so personal to people that getting them right is really important. And on a side note, I want to say a special shout out to our former client and our good friend uh, and your good friend, definitely, uh, Kira Hug who has a blog titled Top 10 Tips for Being an Awesome Podcast Guest. And it's well worth checking out. And she actually put this as her number one for what you need to do if you're going to be a good podcast guest. And I could not agree more. It is so important. So learn the name. It's usually the first thing I ask when I get on the call with someone.
1: Yeah, I think as the guest. It really is on you to listen to a podcast episode because presumably somewhere in their podcast, their name is set. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of excuses for never listening to it and not getting it right. Now, we're all human. Sometimes people have a name where maybe you know someone in your personal life where it's pronounced a different way and you just feel really nervous. Like, I know I'm going to get this wrong. It's okay to say that to the host, I think. So, one of my best friends' name is Kara, but she's from Chicago and her mom didn't want people saying Kara with that like nasal <laughs> Chicago accent. So a lot of people don't know Kara's spelled the same way as Kara. And so it would be okay to say, hey, I, I'm almost positive your name is Kara, but my best friend's name is Kara. I need to like hear it from you, right? So you can have a human moment with a host where you're confirming, but what you don't want to do is show up and ask them like you've never looked into it before the interview, because that is just a relationship breaker right there. Mm-hmm. You're going on somebody's podcast and you haven't even done enough to figure out their name and also for the audience. So if you're in the midst of an episode and you're not getting the host name right, that is going to be one of those psychological things that's going to turn off the audience a lot because they are going to know in that moment that you're not a fan of the podcast. And somebody might not be able to articulate that for you, but I think that does have an effect of how people are perceiving you. So this is like a simple point, but There's a reason it was number one on Kira's list.
0: Yeah, names are just so important to people. And people aren't going to be offended if you do ask. Like, As someone with a fairly odd surname myself, most English speakers, I find, don't really know how to pronounce my surname, which is half English, half Spanish, and the Spanish side is G-U-I-A which is pretty short and looks pretty easy, but um, I've heard so many variations of that. Guia, Gaia, Guia, and just all sorts of different variations of people like trying to say it correctly. Uh, and I really have no problem if someone like just asks me and it's actually quite simple. It's just gear. Yeah. yeah. As someone with a somewhat complicated name, definitely just, just ask. It's totally fine to ask.
1: Awesome. Anything else like during the interview?
0: Definitely. I would say turning up on time is so important and it's not just important because of etiquette, but also like I mentioned earlier with technical difficulties, if the show starts at a later time, chances are you're going to be eating into your own time to share your own message because the podcast host probably has something that they need to do beyond the interview. So that might be something personal or potentially they might have other guests lined up because it's very common for podcast hosts to batch their interviews. So really it is best to arrive early. I know as a podcast host myself, I always try to make it in time on interviews and uh, I do a pretty good job. However, once I did miss an interview completely because it was during the pandemic, my internet went out and I didn't have any data because I wasn't leaving the house. But fortunately in the end, when I did finally speak with the guests, they were very understanding and we were able to reschedule So, as this story shows, like sometimes you will miss an interview and it can be completely out of your control. And if this happens, I would just recommend being upfront, polite, and flexible with your timing to reschedule.
1: Oh, and during the pandemic, there's been so many stories like that. Early on, when people weren't leaving the house, the internet would go out and they couldn't go anywhere like you, or a lot of times childcare has been a factor. And so, yeah, hosts do have grace, but you're right. Like if a host has an interview scheduled immediately after yours, or a meeting of their own, or heck, maybe they just want to get lunch. (laughs) You know, if you're late, you are really just eating into your own time. And a lot of hosts, they'll wait, they'll send you a message. But if you're five, 10 minutes late, they're gone. And sometimes you get an opportunity to reschedule. And sometimes they're fully booked up and you don't. So I am constantly setting alarms on my cell phone to remind myself of things. (laughs) So I Recommend doing something like that, setting up alarms 10 minutes and one minute before your interview, or five minutes whenever you want to sign in to the call, so that you don't find yourself, like for me, editing a document and then looking up being like, oh my God, it's so late. Like, set some sort of alarm for yourself so you don't miss it.
0: Definitely. I would say the only really other point that I have for the call is just to enjoy yourself, have a conversation with the person, like you're grabbing coffee together and definitely do not worry about mistakes. They happen. Everyone makes those mistakes. I make those mistakes all the time. And the good news is most of the time, unless it's been live streamed, they can be edited out. Yeah, just relax and enjoy yourself. Don't be afraid to show your humorous side. Be friendly. Remember that it's not a job interview or a police interrogation. The one thing that I always say to my guests is that every guest that I've had on, has enjoyed themselves. And I'm pretty sure this will be no different. And I can honestly say it has never been any different. I've always had fun with the guests. I've always had a great conversation and I've recorded like hundreds of episodes up until now.
1: That's so nice, Sam. I love that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think I just got lucky. I've got like some nice people on and uh, it's always worked out for me. Now, I would say that is everything for like when you're actually on the call or before the call. So up until this point, you've done everything that you can to be the best podcast guest that you can be. You should thank the host once you finish. So like even before the the podcast episode is like over or you finish the interview at the end of it, you should thank them for having them on a lot of people do that at the beginning. You know what? It doesn't hurt to do it both at the, at the start and at the end, but another great way of thanking and giving back to the host when the episode goes live is sharing it on social media and in your newsletter. If you have one, because you have an opportunity here to thank the host and show your gratitude and not only that but you also have a really valuable piece of content and social proof so if you share it across all your social media channels and be sure to tag the host and thank them for having you on then you're not only helping to promote yourself and your message but also you are just being a good human being here and just like being above all a great guest.
1: Yeah, I have a really good story here. So, we actually have a client who is a Facebook ads manager. Sam, she was before your time, Mm -hmm. but when we worked with her, she does Facebook ads for clients, but does not use Facebook or Instagram or any social media to market herself. And so, that's what her podcasts were for, right? It was kind of getting herself out there as an expert so more clients would come to her. But one thing she found is that she put all of her podcast appearances on her website on a press page. And she emailed me to let me know that she had a bunch of people signing up to work with her Facebook agency directly because she was sharing those podcast interviews. Because what was happening is that people were referred to her business, had been considering working with her for a while, but were still on the fence partially because she didn't have those other social media platforms where they could get to know her. And so when she put her press mentions and her podcast interviews, it gave folks a place to get to know her as a human being and more than just seeing her website or hearing about the work she did. And she actually sold out all of her client spots and started a wait list directly as a result of doing that because so many people who are already in her audience were thinking about working with her, heard a podcast interview where she was the guest and thought, oh yes, sold. Every objection or worry that they had basically went away because they were able to hear her speak, tell all those stories, have that message with the transformation, all the things we just talked about. So being a good guest is both about what you're doing for the host and also what you're doing for the audience. And we've had some clients who really want to protect their instagram feed or feel weird emailing their interviews to their list and they think podcasts are only about acquisition right being introduced to new people but the episodes that you have can be a really strong way to actually close people who might be looky-loos who haven't yet signed up or made that final choice to put their credit card down or to take you up on your offers so sharing your podcast episodes can be really powerful for your own audience. And it's just, it's just a solid thing to do for the hosts who themselves want to reach more people with their content.
0: Yeah. I got to say as a host, whenever I see someone put out an episode and they've tagged me and it's on their social media, it really rings home the fact that they did enjoy that episode and they're like proud to be a part of it. It honestly does mean more than you might think to the host to do that. Now, I got to admit, it feels like it's been a long episode and we've really crammed a lot in here. So it might be a bit overwhelming for our listeners. But as always, I would love it if you could uh, help us wrap up, Bridget, by sharing what you think would be the best nugget of information that our audience leaves with today if they remember nothing else.
1: Yeah. So I will say that for me and all of the interviews that I've given and the transformation we've seen helping our clients is that when you do the prep work ahead of time so reaching what the podcast is going to be about figuring out what your message and your case studies are it helps you be present in the moment with a podcast host so if you'll notice the tip we had during the interview is just to have fun to enjoy yourself and that is assuming that you've done the prep ahead of time and that You walked into that interview already feeling really solid in what it is you want to accomplish, what your messaging will be. And then during that interview, just be there with the host, be in that conversation. A podcast is a one-to-one conversation broadcast to many. And you really do want to be in sync with the host, listening to what they're asking of you, listening to what they're saying and being present with them. And to me, the preparation is all there to help you be present in the moment. And that's what's going to make a really amazing podcast interview. So that prep plus presence, that's what being an amazing guest is all about to me.
0: I 100% agree. And um, I also want to say thank you to anyone that's listening. If you have got some value from this, then please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and also follow us wherever you get your podcasts.